In this episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, there are adult themes and swear words. So please be careful. If you're listening to this in your car with your kids in the back seat, maybe listen to a different episode and come back to this one. Adult content is coming up. Selling the project is one thing, but once you've sold it, you've got to deliver it. You've got to make it happen. And I don't care what it is, whether you're making furniture, doing photography, running a course, selling a comic book. Once you've sold it, you've got to deliver. And that can be one of the toughest parts of the business because you have to live up to the expectations. You have to ship the product. You have to delight the customers and then get them back for more. Let's find out how Jamie is getting on with delivery. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. I've got back with me Miss Jamie Dillon, artist extraordinaire. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Alan, with my much better audio. Sorry, everyone who didn't like the audio before. <laughs> I hope that you stayed with us for that whole time. But here we are now in a more soundproof room. You're in a soundproof room. You've got the Yeti. And I am really excited to talk to you. I was looking up the details before this. We started the coaching series together. Our first call was on the 21st of December, 2020. Can you believe that? And I remember those episodes vividly. We had Simon and Casey on and we were discussing what art should we do? Which Should we do kids art? Should we do spooky horror comics? Should we do pinup art? Where should we focus? And we've been on a journey the last episode was recorded on the 1st of April, 2021, and I can't believe it's nearly five weeks since we've spoken about your comic book, but you've been deep in delivery mode. And for the audience of this show, they will have heard the last episode a week ago, <laughs> uh, but for us, it's been five weeks in reality. And I think it's quite interesting, time distorts. It takes six to nine months to record each of these coaching series to help people. And we're coming towards the end of that period. Jamie, how is comic book production going? How has it been? Wow. Can we just go back to like that first episode? Because I re-listened to my episodes because I'm a vain little biatch. <laughs> <laughs> also interesting to see how far we've come from the conversations at the start. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That too. Um, the comfortableness <laughs> level is definitely higher now. Listening to me, my old me, old Jamie, and she's like, should I do this? Should I do the that? And first of all, <laughs> to hear me saying a Kickstarter, me, well, that's craziness. And now it's done and it got funded and I'm drawing it. Like, I'm just like, I can't believe it. And Katie had said, you know, whatever you pick, you have to be really passionate about. And I was like, well, I feel so passionate about like KDP, you know, coloring books. Like, no, you're not. You just, <laughs> you just didn't allow yourself to choose the thing that you were passionate about because you felt like you had to make money to escape your day job first. Mm. When what's crazy is that I did escape my day job. Oh my God. I really hope my boss never listens to this ever. And so I didn't quit my day job for the Kickstarter. Let's just make that clear. Lots of stuff's been going on. I don't even know where to start. Let's start at the beginning. 
you'd funded the Kickstarter, we'd ended the Kickstarter thing, and then we would basically get to the stage where we were about to start production, which is drawing the comics. And I did have a question because sometimes for people, when they take a hobby, something they're passionate about, and then turn it into a job, it changes it. So how has the actual experience of drawing the art, creating the comic book been? Oh, I never want to do anything else for the rest of my life. It, drawing <laughs> is the funnest thing. I get the most pleasure in life from drawing more or less. There's other things, but like, eh, no, I don't know. I, I really like it. I love drawing. I love drawing my own stories. This is the best. I do still get very discouraged. And that's not, it's because my brain says that drawing's not very good. That drawing's mm. not very good. But because it's already paid for, I have to plow forward. And what I've been telling myself when I start to get discouraged is, hey, if you want to create all the stories that you want to create, you better fucking finish this comic so you could get to the next one. So that's what I tell myself. And it kind of works. Um, I am behind. I had a schedule when the got funded. I sent an update with like the proposed schedule of like inking, coloring and putting that. I'm about, I would say definitely at this point, four weeks behind that schedule. So what happened? So what happened? She says as she grabs her Kleenex. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crazy thing. Um, my dad passed away. Jamie. Uh, and it was very fast. It was very fast. He had had a bit of liver cancer quite a few years ago, and it was taken away with a laser, and he seemed to be fine. And then it came back, and I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but from the moment, the night he went to the emergency to the day he died, it was three weeks, three weeks, and he was gone. And because my life is fucking crazy, I wasn't even in Montreal. I was in Yellowknife, which is like, it's not the Arctic, but it's definitely above the 90th parallel. Trying to work out things with my ex-husband. Spoiler alert, it did not work out. Um, and so I was stuck up there because of flights and COVID. And it's in, like, there's three flights just to get back to Montreal. There were none. And I missed my dad dying. So that happened. And that definitely set me back uh, a little bit. What's funny, well, I don't know, it's funny, it's like the wrong word. I didn't stop working on the comic the whole time. And it's not because I'm like, I must, you know, it was just like, <sighs> so anyone who had kind of gone to my Kickstarter page already saw this, maybe they already know. But my dad is the reason that I'm into comics like he's 100% the reason I like comics like a big childhood memory for me is he had this big box of comics this big cardboard box of all kinds of comics and there was like kid ones like top dog there was classic superhero ones I really love x-men I think that's where I just love x-men comics because mm. I love I'm, I'm a weirdo and they're like you know mutants and they're on the fringes of society um he had a lot of uh What's it called? Why my brain has died because of, of emotion. Um, uh, the flaming skull guy. Why can't I remember his freaking name? Oh, the flaming skull guy drives the incredible car. The Punisher. Yeah, no, 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 not the Punisher. No, the, the motorcycle one. And like everyone's screaming at their podcast. Flaming skull. Comedy. I watched it very recently in Marvel no, he, Agents he, of Shield. He raids. Uh, no, see that's funny because I'm looking at him and it's like blazing skull. No, Ghost Rider. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Ghost yes. Rider. Yeah, played by the iconic Nicolas Cage in the terror film <laughs> version of that. And and, and in, in that box, there was also Tales from the Crypt comics, which got me into horror comics, which is what I'm grading. And not in that box, 
But when I was a little older, I was able to see the heavy metal comics. And that was like the pinnacle for me. That was like, oh, my God, fucking sexy, cool girls who are actually like the heroes and they're killing things like that was amazing. So for me, finishing this comic, it's not just about like, I mean, it is, you know, I certainly have to finish it, but it isn't just about fulfilling something for my Kickstarter backers. It's I know that he would be so happy for me to be doing this and he would want me to finish this comic and I do want to dedicate it to him. You know, this is absolutely for him. So that keeps me going. Yeah. So I've been, so I did get back. So he passed. I missed, I missed him passing. It was very emotional. I, at one point he was in the hospital and he was like, he was in palliative care. He wasn't conscious. And I asked my mom to put her phone on speakerphone and I could hear him breathing. And this sounds so weird, but it sounded like him breathing. Like it's just, it definitely was his snoring. And I was talking to him and sharing stories and letting him know how much he helped me get through COVID. Like I really rekindled a relationship with my parents through all the stress of COVID and stress of my job and stress of my my divorce. And he really helped me through it. And so I hope that he could hear me when I was speaking. I really hope he could. I shared it. My mom was share. We were sharing memories about him, things, we, you know, trips we took together. Uh, he's a great guy. So it sounds like you've been on a bit of a roller coaster since we last spoke. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So I'm actually here. So I got back to Montreal. I went into quarantine and then now I'm up here at my mom's place helping her clean out the house like my dad oh my god hey everyone this is jamie's personal time my dad took care of everything and he kind of like built the second roof of our house and he's the handyman and without him like my mom won't be able to really take care of this house so we need to downsize her so i'm going through all of this stuff and just it's memory lane every day it's Mm. tears i'm having weird moments i was working out yesterday and i just started like dry heaving sobbing in between sets and then all of a sudden you feel better it's very strange grief it's a very strange thing. I thought I'd be crying, like sobbing through this call with you, but you just, it's just weird. Just weird. You can't know when you're going to start having the sobs. Yeah. Did you find the box of comics? So my sister took the box of comics. No. Yes. And she said, she said her, and I said, it's fine. At least it exists. It, it still, still exists. exists. Yeah. So I got to tell her to save me some of those ghostwriter comics, but then I was going through my room and it turns out I had taken some of the ones, the the, the top dog and some of the ones that I wanted. I found a Wonder Woman. So like all that to say, yes, I did find some of those comics. I didn't get to go Excellent. through the big box, but I'm going to tell her that. Don't fucking throw those away. Hold but on to all, that. Hold yeah. on to those. But I mean, there's another thing of like, we can't just keep holding on to stuff in our lives either. You know, like this comics are really old and dog-eared and like I have a few of them, but like this house is full of memories and we don't have room for all these memories in our lives. So sometimes just having the memories enough, you know, like it's, it's great that I actually do have some of those comics and I, I got to touch them with my hands. Uh, oh, I almost want to pause and go grab one to show you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Like what do we hold on to from someone who's passed? What things are the most important to, to remember them by? And yeah, you can hold on to objects, but in the end, like what if the house burned down? Like it's the memories that are the most important. So this is a, this is an interesting balance because it's a tough time and you've promised to deliver a Kickstarter by certain dates and people mm-hmm. are expecting it. Have you communicated with the audience that are waiting for the comic? Have you told them? How have you handled this delay in production and how have people reacted? Yeah. So um, one thing I heard is people don't care if you're late. They just want to stay informed. So I wrote 
I think it was maybe like four weeks late. It was definitely later than I had planned, but anyways, shit happens in the past now. And I wrote an update first and I said trigger warning for anyone who's like dealing with loss. So I wrote an update of where the comic is and then why I am, you know, late. And I talked about my dad and I shared that story about the comics in the box and him. I did a little cartoon of him and me, you know, looking through comics together. And I got really touching replies from people like some people sharing about their dad, just people reaching out to, you know, even like if their parents were alive, they were still sharing wonderful things. Like some of the people who I made really great connections with during this process were reaching out to me and we're chatting a lot more now. You know, one of them, his dad had passed recently and he was able to give me a lot of empathy and insight. And it's just been incredible to see how kind people are, you know, just so wonderful. So, you know, if anyone cares, they they didn't write me. Most people were just this outpouring of support, which was just wonderful. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I am with that. I think you're absolutely right about clearly communicating upfront. Things happen. People are realistic and they understand delays happen. Where they get annoyed is where someone disappears. And then you go, is it coming? Is it not? No one said anything. And then you just kind of get annoyed about it. So you did absolutely the right thing by emailing up front saying what's happened and then saying i'm on it we're still making progress it's coming have no fears we're with you we're going to be doing it mandy nine is coming to life on schedule so i think you did a fantastic thing communicating that and to anyone listening problems happen things happen and as long as you communicate it and tell people what's going on It is amazing how understanding people are. And I have this theory that people are genuinely nice and amazing. Like people are just lovely. And if you communicate and work with them, it's amazing how kind and caring they will be. And they want the product, but they'll also work with you to get it. So if you ever have a problem in your product, your service, what you're doing, talk to people up front. That's the message Jamie's giving. And I totally agree. Communicate early. So you've communicated, you've told them what's going on, and then you're kind of working on the job, working on the comic. All these kind of things are happening. Going through a divorce now. Also, don't forget the, the divorce. When it rains, it pours. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about we talked about this already. So I'm also I'm turning forty, and I feel like uh, it's just this amazing. I'm not I'm not like oh I'm turning forty. It's one of the bad things. No, I'm super excited. I'm turning forty, and it's just like full on new chapter in my life. One hundred percent. Everything is changing for everything. Gillen. Everything that could change is changing. I think it is super exciting. Sometimes when you're going through it, it can be an emotional roller coaster. But actually, you are literally changing everything. So tell us about the other major change that's going on right now. Oh, yeah. The job thing. The job thing, which you have mentioned you're not 100% enamored with before. I might have mentioned it on the first episode, number one. (laughs) Might have have mentioned that then. It's so funny because like, I haven't retweeted any of these podcasts yet. And my boss doesn't follow me on social media. And I don't think his people would listen to this podcast anyways. So you can have to cut this out. You can leave this in. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world who's like trying to leave their job and not let their job know. I'm not leaving for my Kickstarter. I think that would be irresponsible. But I had a friend who had a contract for me in the world of e-learning 
which is my previous life before video games. And he said, you know, it could turn into a full time. But he said, I know that like, and this was even before my dad passed. He said, I know that you've got a lot with your comic to finish. You've got your full time job. You know, what do you want to do? And I said, okay, yeah, you're right. I, okay, what am I going to do? I said, well, I can give you 10 hours a week. He's like, well, can you do more or not? And I was like, okay, well, what if I do like 10 hours each day on the weekend? I can do, give him 20 hours and then I'll do my full-time job. And then I'll also, you know, do all the workout and also help my mom. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not going to work. That's more hours than you're alive. That's more hours than I'm alive. It's not going to work. <laughs> Something has to give. What's going to give? Okay. How about the thing that I hate? How about I leave the job? And that for me, who's like a jobber, I'm a jobber. I've had jobs for a very long time, lived super office-y life. It's terrifying. I did freelance a bit out of school, but I just, I didn't like that uncertainty. And I was calling everyone. Oh my God, Alan, the messages I left you. I know we had a long message exchange going, yeah. should you do it? Should you not? Mm -hmm. uh, should I leave the full-time security? And you, you had this wonderful last one, which was like, sometimes you have to do the scary thing or the risk, take the risk. And my therapist, well, it's, she's a hundred percent supportive. She wanted me to leave this job before I had anything else lined up. <laughs> and I was looking at old starred messages in my better help. And I'm like, oh my God, this could have been written yesterday. Like literally. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to leave. Am I leaving a full-time secure job for a contract? And I really had this Oh my God, I'm going to share a super thing with the audience now. And you can see it as like, I don't know what it is. Okay. Maybe it's just my subconscious was just hundred percent solidifying like my decision. But like the day before I was going to tell my boss to write the big letter and make that big decision, I had the most vivid dream of my dad. So I wasn't at home yet in real life, but in my dream, I was at my parents' house and I saw my mom and I started walking down the hallway toward my dad's workshop. And I saw my sister and she looked like a dream person all wobbly. And I go in to say hi to her and I turn and he's there in his work chair. And it was the most fucking vivid I had ever dreamed. And it looked just like my dad, like maybe 20 years younger, like his hair wasn't as gray. And he was just looking at me and I put my arms around him and I started hugging him. He's a big man. So they don't, you know, that anyone who has big parents, you know, you hug them and your hands don't quite reach around, felt like his body. And I was started bawling and he just had this look. He didn't say a word. He has this look of like, everything's going to be okay. And I woke up from that and I started like dry crying, you know, that deep, deep bawling. And I really felt that he was saying, everything's going to be okay. You're making the right decision. And so I did. And I didn't tell my boss I'm leaving for a contract because I think that would leave really bad, leave us on a really bad note. I told him that I, I wrote a very nice letter which I shared with you to just the directors saying with my dad's death, taking care of my mom. Also, you know, this thing with my husband, all, a lot of stuff and I'm completely burnt out and I just need a break. And my boss did offer to give me a leave of absence. And I thought about it and talked about it. And again, with my, my crew of like my safe space people. So I had Alan, I had my therapist uh, and a few other friends who asked and they were like, no, like the whole point, you're not really, leaving because your dad you're leaving because you want to leave this job and I was like you're right and I do feel that like when you take that big risk like sometimes you can be a little woo woo but I'm gonna go there if you don't open up a space for opportunities the universe will not give them to you you you've sort of said this is where I am this is where I'm going how can those opportunities come and even if it's not spiritual it's like friends will look and be like no Jamie's got a full-time job she doesn't need this but now with this contract I've started they're already giving me more work 
and possibly illustration work because they now know I have the time to do it. So I don't know. Anyways, life is fucking crazy right now, but I feel terrified, sad, and very positive about the future, about <laughs> what I'm working on right now. Didn't expect this today, did you, viewers? Didn't <laughs> expect all this huh? from my stupid sex robot comic, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the thing is like business blurs with life. It happens. You have a life, you have a business, and they're all intertwined and everything crosses over. And what affects your mood and energy affects everything. So this is part of life. And I also think like this was a big decision. One of the things you were saying to me on the voice messages about leaving the job was you were telling me pretty much everything that could go wrong. And I remember leaving that message for you saying, Jamie, what could go right? And I think sometimes all of us get into that state of where we think about everything that could go wrong. I could lose the job. I could do this. And a certain element of that is great. Tim Ferriss would call it fear setting. Like think about what's the worst that could go wrong and then how quickly could you bounce back? And it's good to understand the downsides. I don't think there's very many books, resources, people that say, what could go right? What's possible? What's the opportunity here? Because by creating space, all sorts of magic can happen. Mm -hmm. And I think you've even experienced a little bit of that magic with an illustration offer and all sorts of things going on. And I'm just so excited for this new stage of where you're going next. I am so excited. And I think at the time, sometimes it's difficult to see it, but the space you've created, the energy you've got, the Kickstarter, the new work, the new life you're building for yourself. And one story from me, I think I was 37, 38, and I was whinging about turning 40. I'm not quite as enlightened as you are, Jamie. I was whinging about <laughs> turning 40 and thinking, I don't really want to turn 40. And I remember whinging to this guy and he must have been 60-ish, something like that. And he looked at me and said, Alan, did you enjoy your 30s? And I was like, yes, best decade by far, so far, 30s. Teens, dreadful, didn't fit in. 20s, pretty much a mess, getting better towards the end, but pretty much a mess, family mess, all sorts of things going on. 30s, bit more confident, bit of money, bit of life, you know, things were good. Got a gorgeous wife, life was amazing. And he looked at me and said, well, that's cool. If you enjoyed your 30s, just wait for your 40s. And I had this instant perception shift that went from, oh, I thought it went downhill to here's this guy who's 60 saying that 40s are even better. And I think, I think I'm only just getting into my stride, Jamie. I'm only just, I'm 42 now and I'm only just getting going. Like life is good. Absolutely. And I feel like you're just about to hit your stride. Like you've found something you're incredibly passionate about. You've sold it. You've made some money doing it. You've changed careers. You've opened up space. You're just hitting your stride. And to everyone listening to this, it's never too late to create the best decade you've ever lived. We can start now. We don't have to wait until the end of the decade to start. We can start now. So I am super excited for you. Thank you. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. The fear, the constant fear and, and anxiety that I'm, I'm always feeling. Somehow when you take the jump, it 
is less because it's like, well, here I am now. <laughs> Before I made the decision to leave my job, I was because this contract could turn into full time or maybe not. And I'm like, what if it doesn't? And I was just panicking. And one of my friends said, look, if you spend eight hours a day looking for a job, you'll find one. Like, don't worry. You know, and then I thought, yeah, like, what the fuck am I worried about? And I'll be able to have this part-time contract for the summer, work on my Kickstarter, work on my art. But now it looks like I'm maybe doing even more hours for this contract. So, and I negotiated a really good hourly rate for myself too. So yeah, I don't know, guys, just take the plunge sometimes. Like it was a calculated risk. Don't get me wrong. Like I have like a nest egg and, you know, contacts and all these things. Like it, it definitely was a calculated risk, but everything was, was saying, do it, push it. And I do feel yeah, like it's weird. When I was working, I had this constant anxiety in the back of my neck and it's really going away. That's so funny, isn't it? And like, <laughs> I mean, where I was was not like a nightmare. My teammates were amazing. I, there was just a lot of micromanaging and creatively, I felt I had gone as far as I could go at that job. I really couldn't see myself really excelling. And now I feel like there's a ton of opportunity and I'm getting my confidence back as well because I was feeling like maybe I'm not very good because my boss is making all these changes on all my drawings and on my art and doesn't like what I'm doing. And then suddenly move into a, an environment where people are appreciating, loving the work you do. It's like, oh, wait, maybe I just wasn't in the right environment. So yeah, it can be very discouraging when, when you're in the wrong kind of creative environment and it can make you think that it's you that's the problem. Well, everything goes in cycles. And sometimes you start excited, you find your stride, you get there, and then everything comes to an end. It's part of life. So you find the cycle, it was time to leave, you find the new thing, you get excited, new stuff happens, and that's part of life. One thing I did want to say for the audience that's really important, Jamie is good with her finances. She understands this whole financial independence stuff, she saves, she invests, and when you do that, Taking a risk like going to a contract, moving to your business is a lot less because you have a buffer. It is a lot less. And I think if any of you are listening and getting inspired by this and going, I'm ready to make the jump. Before you do, are your finances in order? I think that is so critical because if you don't have your finances in order and you take the job, you could be creating yourself far more problems than you're solving. Jamie was very responsible. We had that chat. Uh, we messaged. I asked you very personal questions about your numbers and you knew what you were doing. You had a balance there. And if I'm speaking to someone who's not good with numbers and not good with finances, I'm going to have a very different answer. With Jamie, it was like, you're in a great position. This is right. Get going. For other people, it was uh, let's get your finances in order first. Let's think about this and slow down. And I think I've become more nuanced in my advice, Jamie. I like to understand the person before I give the advice. And actually, if you're listening to this, step one is to understand yourself. If you're someone who makes impulsive decisions, then you need an advisor that will just hold you back and help you to think. If you're someone who doesn't take impulsive decisions and procrastinates over things, you need an advisor that will push you a little. And it depends on who you are. And I think learning more about yourself and what you do is so critical when you start this journey, because when you're your own boss, there's no one else around you. You need to understand yourself. You need to know yourself as well as you can getting into this stuff. So we're here. 
you're changing, you're taking the contract on, you're working on the contract uh, on the comic book. How do you feel about the comic book delivery? What's the schedule like at the moment? When are you aiming for? How are you feeling about this delivery of the comic book to your 174 backers? Oh my God, don't mind me. Um, how do I feel? <laughs> so yeah, definitely behind. But like, if I look at my pages right now, I would say I'm like 80% done inking. And I wanted to like every weekend, I'm like, I'm going to kill it this weekend. And then this weekend, I was like sitting there like overeating. I'm a stress eater. So I was eating. I don't I don't have peanut butter at home. But of course, here there's peanut butter at my parents' house. And I'm like, well, here we go. Peanut butter from the jar. And I <laughs> and like, it's weird. I Chips, fine. Like they taste good, but like I can stop. Even chocolate. I'm like, that was a great piece of chocolate. All natural peanut butter. I'm like drooling as I say it. All natural <laughs> peanut butter from the jar is like my vice. I fucking love it. It's so good. I want to eat it like a heroin addict. I don't know. So I was feeling stressed on the weekend and, and overeating and then crying about overeating. And, you know, it's a whole cycle. It's a whole thing. Eating disorders are fun. So did I draw? Yes, I did draw. I feel like my stomach just growled. Like, did you talk about peanut butter? Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. So and then like at one point I, my mom comes in because I told her I needed to, to work and I couldn't spend time with her. And, and she comes in looking sad and I'm like, I'm sad. And she said, I'm sad too. She's like, why don't you come sit with me? I'm like, I'm sorry. So we go outside and cry and hug and just talk about being sad and my dad and my ex and all these things. And it was just really lovely. So I don't know. Is the lesson just feel your sadness? I guess it is. I guess it is. So what I've been doing a lot of is um, my mom and I will have dinner and she'll put on RuPaul's Drag Race because we need something 100% cheery. And like this show is so amazing if you're going through grief and you just need the most like wonderful, beautiful show where people are like fun and there's some cattiness, but also supporting each other and colors and costumes. Put on some RuPaul's Drag Race and I sit on the, the floor with my drawing tablet and I draw and we watch RuPaul. And that's kind of what's been getting me through right now, getting me through this <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm moving forward. Like, definitely moving forward with it. I could easily see one more week of inking. Mm -hmm. I think I, I should look at my original schedule. Um, it's probably time to send an updated schedule I was to the backers that. at some stage yeah. saying, okay, so we've had a minor thing. I'm back on track. I'm doing this. Well, it wasn't a minor thing, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a, a delay, a minor delay with a big subject and yeah. we're back on track. So looking at my update for the backers, I'm definitely four weeks behind. So I should be coloring now, but I'm inking. So that's where I am. So yeah, and I just realized it's been a month since that update. So what I want to do, I guess I kept waiting till I was done more pages, but that's literally the problem is like just update people. So yes. I will send an update this weekend with the pages and the new schedule. And I also want to start scheduling people's illustrations, people who paid for the level of illustration. I want to start scheduling those. And now I do have time now that like I am finished my this is my last week of my of my day job. I actually have time. Feeling really relaxed. I'm up here in the country, going a bit stir crazy, but also, you know, <laughs> enjoying the long walks on the bike path, uh, enjoying seeing hummingbirds at the theater. So there's something nice about being here as well. And it's just nice to hang out with my mom. I don't know, our relationship is deepening and that's always nice. So yeah, I think like for Kickstarter next steps, as I stop lamenting about my life, sorry everyone, is send another update with the pages that I have and with a, an updated timeline and then start to schedule the illustrations commissions for people. Yeah. Cause I also have like an, another print that's offered to people that I haven't even drawn yet. And um, 
I'd like to ask people if they want a Mandy 9 or if they want one of the previous lives of Mandy, like medieval Mandy print. So I'll ask that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I get anxiety still with these updates. And that's exactly why people don't. Oh, my God, this is exactly it. This is exactly why people don't do Kickstarter updates when they're falling behind because they get anxiety. But it just makes it all worse. Just do it. Just do it. So I'm going to just do it this weekend. And I did. So I did start my newsletter. We had talked about that. I like set one up and I have it, uh, you know, on my website. There's no lead magnet. There's nothing. But at least it exists and people are signing up for it. Oh, can we talk about the cool thing that happened? Of course we can. Tell me the cool stuff that happened. Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff, cool stuff has happened. So we talked constantly, right, about the early on, I talked about this comic launch podcast, and I ended up buying it to be part of the the inner circle. And, and the course is freaking amazing. I really that was I know we said I wouldn't spend any money, but this was 100% worth it. And he put a call in the private Facebook group if anyone wanted to be part of a live mastermind, because he's going to start doing paid mastermind sessions. And I said, yes. And I also said, hey, you need a girl because those are all guys that are playing. And so I was part of this mastermind session. So if anyone wants to see me, you can like maybe put in the show notes for this one. It's a lot. It's on YouTube now. It's like was a live session. Now there's a recording. So people can see me in this mastermind session of comic creators. And it was super freaking cool because I don't know. I said freaking then fuck all this other time. It was super (laughs) fucking cool is like it was so awesome. The host was the moderator. We each had a problem. We all came and helped each other. There was like a system. So we didn't talk over each other. It was so cool. I really loved it. And I connected with someone through that. Uh, he contacted me beforehand and we wrote back and forth. And he was, again, so sweet about my dad dying, like super genuine, wonderful person. And now we're starting a mastermind with two other freaking comic creators. Like two of us are artists. I think three of us are artists. One's a creator. We're starting our own mastermind. Like, it's so fun. We're going to meet once a month and talk about the business of creating comics. So that is so cool. I just love that. Like I'm meeting people and making connections. And yeah, this is so cool. I love that so much. For so for those of you listening, the concept of mastermind, I think it originally came from the Think and Grow Rich book by Napoleon Hill about bringing together a group of advisors, whether they're virtual, i.e. you've read their books and you can think what they said, or real life humans that come together and help you. And the idea is a group of four or five of you working on a similar thing. Maybe it's four or five of you working on your finances, working on your business, working on promotion. Come together. You get to help each other, share ideas, share challenges. And the group, the group mind, which the group mind, if there's four or five of you all on this, the group mind is far stronger than you solving your own problems. So it's an incredible way to help. And lots of times people say, how do I create a mastermind? It's surprisingly easy. You ask people. That's it. There's no magic to it. You find three or four people that you respect and you ask to meet them once a month and you'll help them on your their business and they'll help you on your business and you'll support each other with whatever it is you're working on. I think it's a fabulous thing to do when you're in business. It's a fabulous thing to do in general life. Like there should be masterminds for raising kids. There should be masterminds for sorting out your finances, for working on relationships, whatever it is you're working on. So I love that you have that group to help you because that's going to be a huge support as you go forwards and work on Kickstarter number two. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> oh my God. Well, like, and I have, I think I mentioned this before. I even mentioned like the earlier ones that I have uh, someone, he's a writer and he's been commissioning me for like, character creation and we want to do a kickstarter together and you you know so it could be like well what about your own kickstarter jamie 
well, I don't have a full-time job now. I can do more stuff. So we're going to launch. And what's cool is like the idea would be that he would pay me for those five pages with the cover. And then we would use the Kickstarter to fund me finishing the comic. Like it's so cool. So again, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I definitely want to do, yes, my next one as well. I just want to figure out what the dates are for that. And this questions I can ask during my mastermind. Yay. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. If you, if you watch the mastermind I was in, it's great because he also has a very clear process where like each person goes. So when one person goes, everyone asks them a question first before they start to give advice. Everyone asks questions to clarify, and then you go around and, and give your advice. And then after that person will sort of say the takeaways they took back. I think it's a really good system. I love that. So we're actually sounding like we're in a pretty good space. We're going to send the update, keep working on the comic book. When do you think it'll be delivered? When are the first people going to get it through their door, open up your comic book? I'm assuming you're going to get one as well, and you can actually hold your own comic book. Well, I'm going to get them all, and then I'll send them out all. (laughs) I'll probably keep one or two, maybe, for myself. Maybe. So I had said that I would do shipping in July. I can see it being more shipping in August, end of August, and people getting them in September. That's what I see. And so that's why I think like my next Kickstarter should maybe like maybe in the winter or I know Christmas is a bad time, or maybe I'll just push mine till next year. Is that too far? You look at your face. Why is Christmas a bad time? Sorry, I just, I heard this assumption that Christmas is a bad time. Also in my head, it goes, Christmas is the time to give gifts. Oh, yeah. But they wouldn't be getting it. Okay, well, you know what? We'll discuss this next, like at a mm. later date. We'll mm. have to discuss this. But let me finish <laughs> this one first, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then we'll we'll figure out the next one. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. I do want it to have it in our mind that we're working towards building this as an actual business for you. So yeah. building that mailing list, doing those things, the work that we're going on. Because I, I guess the question is, have you enjoyed this enough to want to do the next one? And I'm oh my pretty God, sure the yeah. answer. Well, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about like, you know, what Katie was saying about like focusing on one thing. And I've been thinking about that a lot, the focus thing, because I was so scattered at the beginning. And now I'm like the person telling friends, oh, no, you must pick. In fact, <laughs> in fact, during the mastermind, my now new friend, Ryan, who's part of the mastermind, he ha- his question was, I have too many projects, help. And I said... Ryan, like if you, you know, could only pick one, like which one is the one that like, you know, it would hurt your heart if I pulled it away from you. And I, and I told him that I understood because I feel the same, I feel exactly the same. So now I know I'm a, one of those serial entrepreneurial people. So I'm like, okay, do I start a blog? Do I start this? Do I start KDP? Which of these money making things am I going to do? Whatever it is you choose, it's going to take a lot of work. Like, and I'm not, I don't think like any of these are get you rich quick, but okay, which of these fun projects am I going to start? And I was really thinking about it because now I'm like getting into finance. I'm like, what if I start a finance blog for over 40 people who started investing late? And it's like, yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. But do you want to work on that every fucking day? Do you really want to? And all of this came from me thinking I could not make a living from my art. That's 100% why I have mm. my brain is constantly looking for these other ideas because I think, well, making art for a living is not profitable, right? I can't really do that. And now I'm like, no, it is. <laughs> It is. And maybe the idea of what it was to make a living as an artist, you had seen a certain way, you know, on YouTube, someone's like, how to make a living from an art as an artist, do all these things. And you're like, uh, oh, that was not going to work. Well, you know what? You can invent your own way. Like, if this is what you really want to do, Jamie, put your all into it 100%. There's all these paths that you didn't know that aren't some, you know, 
20 year old on YouTube telling you how to do it. Like there's um, tons of ways to make a living as an artist and you found one and you're working for it. So do I want to do this? Yes. I absolutely want making art and comics and being a full-time illustrator to be my full-time job. I absolutely want that. And I don't want to just be making 40 K a year. I want to be like thriving and feel financially secure. So yes, this is like, I'm putting all my energy into this. Anytime I start thinking about another project, I'm like, just imagine if you could, if you could, if someone told me I, I could absolutely make a living from my art, I just had to put mad work into it. Would I do it? Yes, absolutely. I love it. It's I, I adore it. Take all those other ideas, put them on the someday maybe list. Someday maybe I'll do this. Keep the ideas because it's lovely to have the ideas, but they should be on the someday maybe list because now we are doing the art. And it is 100% possible for you to make good money doing this. I know it is. We've seen it. We just need to work to get to the next step. And I know you can do this. Thank you, Alan. (laughs) So for the people listening, what are the biggest things you've learned over the last five weeks of working on the delivery of this project? What have you learned? What can people take away from this? Uh, Number one. There will always be unforeseen things. Mm-hmm. Life will throw crazy shit at you, like your dad dying and you deciding that it's not going to work with your ex and going through divorce proceedings. So all these things could just happen like that. Um, you could be the one to get sick, you know, knock on wood. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll just deal with it at this point. I feel like I can handle anything, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, like anything can happen. So always give yourself more time than you expect. You know, like if I had said one month later than I had planned, I wouldn't even be in this situation, you know, like, so definitely give yourself more time to complete things than you think people will be excited when you're early. That's the takeaway. Yes. Number two, I guess is go ahead and pick the thing you want to do. Just pick the thing you want to do. Why are you not picking the thing you want to do? Why are you doing your plan B? What's the big fucking deal? Just do the thing you want to do first. If it doesn't work, then do your plan B. But give yourself a chance. I'm turning 40 and this is the first time in my life I've given my art a chance. If you're younger or older, I don't care. Just go do the thing you want to do. I don't understand why you're not. Just do it. I love that message. Give yourself a chance. Give yourself an attempt and have a go at it, especially if you're doing it as a side hustle and you're doing it as a Kickstarter and pre-selling or you're doing it without risk, which the whole podcast is about this. If you've not realized that you can test your business idea without risk yet, I've done something wrong. But do it. Have a go. Pick the thing, just as Jamie said. Pick the thing you want to do and test it. (sighs) So what's next for Jamie? Well, next steps is finishing this comic. I certainly don't want to get myself because I I have all the other things I want to create, but I know that I have to focus 100% on this. So I'm finishing the comic, finishing inking, uh, finishing coloring and printing it and getting it out. Doing Like we can have another you know, session where I, when, when I'm start shipping and I'll be like, oh my God, shipping is crazy. It's so hard. And I'm like writing, you know, all these addresses by hand. Like we can have that one. But right now I am finishing the comic. That is what I'm doing. I love that. I love that. And here's an opportunity for you, Jamie, to the thousands of people that are listening. If they want to see more of your art, sign up to your newsletter. Now is your time to do a little bit of self-promotion. Oh, good. Because I totally didn't do that during the mastermind. I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> um, so <laughs> luckily my name is very Googleable. So jamiedillon.com is the hub. You can go there. And by the time you hear this, hopefully there'll be more. But right now there's definitely a sign up form for my newsletter. Perfect. And then you can go I'm on all the social medias as Miss Jamie Dillon. 
M-I-S-S, Jamie with a Y, J-A-Y-M-I-E, and Dylan like Bob Dylan. So please do go check out Jamie's art. It is sensational. I love it. And I backed your Kickstarter for the digital copy. Being nomadic, it would be a lot to carry all the comic books I want in my life around the world with me. But I'm very excited to read this when it comes. I'm looking forward to that update and I want to know all about it. If you are listening to this right now, please take away those key messages from Jamie. There will always be unforeseen things. That will always happen. That's not what is important. What is important is how you respond to it. And if you can respond positively to the problems that come up, it's incredible how far you can get. Go out there, make your projects happen. And thank you for being part of the Rebel Entrepreneur journey. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.